Whether it's looking to advance your career, continue an undergrad education, or you just need a concrete reason to finally get out of your parents' basement, there's a lot of reasons people get an MBA degree. In this episode of Chain Reactions, Mike Raftery and Shane Kale sit down with Cameron Gerhardt and Kyle Kelly to talk about how an MBA can give you a different perspective on both your work and your personal life. They'll be talking about some of the pressing concerns of recent MBA grads, including the difficulties of adjusting to an online learning environment, the pressures of networking and selling yourself, and the challenges faced in today's job market. They'll also be sharing some of the things that they wish they had known before graduating. So Cameron, I don't know if this is quite appropriate. You're not even officially employed yet. I know. I thought it was May 1st, but we're recording this on May 1st, and I think your first day is the 6th. It is. That's correct. Okay. So um, so hopefully this doesn't make you quit. <laughs> and Kyle, you still this will need a thing to push me over the edge. Well, we still have like a half an hour to go, so we'll see how it goes. And Kyle, you are still employed. Yeah, somehow. So, <laughs> shocking. Awesome. So thanks for you guys for joining. Um, I think we want to do as we work again, this is in May and a lot of people are graduating and graduating in an awfully insane time. So in this podcast series, we're trying to get into what people's perspectives are, what to expect from um, MBAs like yourself and specifically sort of how that journey has helped the challenges and then kind of specifically what we're seeing in the market now, whether it's um, trends that have come around or things that are new. So it should be a, an exciting one. Again, this is an odd time. Um, I'll go into a little bit later, but this is eerily reminiscent to when I graduated way back before iPhones. And that was um, also a pretty nuts time about it. So um, just to do a little bit of introductions, um, Shane, myself, Mike, we've been here on a couple of these podcasts, but Kyle, why don't you give a, a brief elevator uh, speech for those that may possibly not know who you are? Which would be a handful of people, maybe. <laughs> uh, yep, my name is Kyle. I've been at SCM Connections now for almost a year. I guess I started on June 1st of last year, um, about a month after I graduated from IU. Uh, Indiana University with my MBA. So it's been fun being in the consulting industry for the last nine, 10 months. Um, I think before that I worked uh, in various industries, um, medical device and then some software. Uh, and my, my original, my undergrad background was engineering. So it was a little bit of a pivot for me from, uh, from business school and afterwards, but it's, I've been happy with the choice so far. Cool. Well, as are we. So, Cam, you go ahead next. Um, again, yet to be employed, Cam. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so my name is Cameron. Um, I am just finishing up a five-year BBA MBA program at Loyola University of Chicago. So I finished my bachelor's last May with degrees in supply chain management and international business. And then in about five days, I'll be done with my master's with a concentration in finance. Um, so I started working at SCM Connections back in January, just part time um, as I'm finishing up my degree. And that's been great to, you know, get a head start on the training and get oriented and everything. So when I officially start next week, I'll be a supply chain consultant. Officially. 
Yes. And then Shane, you also have an MBA from Indiana. Is that not true? That's true. And Kyle and I actually overlapped for a year during our time there. So when I was the second year, he was the first year. So, and, and Kyle was an intern at the company when I started full time. So, um, he's has the view of both kind of the pre consulting internship experience. And I want to hear more about that and then coming in full time. And, um, yeah, and my two year anniversary at the company is next week. Oh man. Now we got to get you something. You haven't already. Sure. We have <laughs> it's two year paper. Two year is yeah. Paper or mulch. I think. I don't know if it's full paper yet. It's just like, mulch. mulch. And that officially makes me the least educated person on this call. So I just want to call that out on myself as well. That's important to note. As maybe, I make maybe we're doing myself. it wrong. <laughs> well, let's jump into that, Shane. So just, a, I think, a couple of things to go about it. And everybody has a little different journey. So this is more for just for my curiosity. Um and you all have a little bit of a different experience too. So that's interesting. We'll start with, with Kyle. Why did you want to go and get an MBA in the first place? Yeah, so out of undergrad, I, uh, I started working for a medical device company in kind of like the clinical trial area. And I quickly pivoted into working on the processes, which kind of fit my more technical background a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing that, I started getting into the business processes that were driving a lot of what we were seeing in the clinical trial in the studies. Um, and so for me, after I spent about five years doing that, I quickly realized that you know, if I was going to be more efficient or, or better at my job, I kind of would like to have more of that business background. Um, and I know you can get that, you know, through various experiences, but, um, I kind of always wanted to go back to school anyway. I, I like school. Um, I like <laughs> learning new things. So I think it was a good, it was kind of, you know, a good, good timing as well in my life for me to go back. So it was just a kind of the overlap was kind of perfect for me. And you went to Indiana, right? And you, were you living in Bloomington at the time too? No. So I'm um, I'm originally from Indianapolis, and my undergrad was in um, was at Purdue, and so I I lived well. I went to school there four years, and then I actually worked um, in the West Lafayette area for the oh, next okay. five, um, and then so I when I came back, there was a two year gap where I worked at a software company, and that was in Indianapolis, and then I um, my wife and I moved down to to Bloomington. Um, while I was at IU. Full time. Nice. And Cameron, you have a completely different program entirely, right? So what attracted you to that from an MBA? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm one of those people, I don't know exactly why, but I just knew I always wanted to get an MBA for, you know, no specific reason. Um, so when I started at Loyola as even a freshman, I knew about this five-year program that we had. Um, and so it was just a really easy process they had for you to complete your undergrad in four years and then just stay on one extra year and finish up an MBA. So for me, it was kind of a no brainer to just stay at Loyola and do that. Um, I definitely did question it a little bit sometimes. And I was like, oh, should I go and work first? Um, You hear that from a lot of people and you know that experience really helps to get through an MBA program because you have more um, 
like knowledge to apply to what you're learning. Um, but for me, the more I talked to different mentors and people in my previous job roles, you know, they really recommended like, Hey, just do it now get it done. I always said I was going to get one and didn't. So, um, yeah, I think it was really great to just do it right away, but it definitely was a very different program. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know that many have that. Was that something that you were attracted to, like you said, because of Loyola? Or is that something I just haven't heard of that many times? Yeah, I've been hearing about it more and more now. I think people are starting it um, and making it more accessible, a lot of different schools. But it, it definitely was something that attracted me to Loyola in the first place, you know, knowing that that was an option. So, Well, I definitely want to talk about the future of the MBA programs in general. Um, after this, especially with uh, such, having such a heavy international presence and what that looks like. But before we get into like what the future of the NBA might look like, um, we're talking a bit about what how you got to how you are here and specifically how do you recommend coming out of it? So we'll start with the hiring process. So how is the hiring process, um, I guess, one, different than the undergrad? Because it seems like, you know, the undergrads that we talk to really come in like a deer in the headlights, like they don't even really know <laughs> what what is there or what is possible. And then kind of having a little bit under you or having a, a bit more perspective in MBA has to be a different hiring experience in general. And then also, um, and to monopolize the time with this, but gosh, it's, it's so hard right now to come out of school into this um, COVID environment, even before that. I'm so maybe just a little bit about the hiring process in general. How did having an MBA sort of in or change or influence your priorities? Maybe that's a good word for it. If it's priorities, if it's goals from a from a job compared to um, undergrad. Um, from my point of view, I would say. And you can compare some of your friends that maybe didn't do it and see you know, what you might've noticed there too. Right. Um, I think there was definitely, you know, more of an attraction to me having an MBA to future employers. I think they kind of saw that and they were like, that's great that, you know, she has it immediately and that's done. Um, Did they put you in a different interview category than either undergrad or MBA? Because I know like Christy, one of the partners here at SCM, she went back to Loyola, but after, you know, many years out in the industry working. Right. Um, I would say, you know, it depends on the role. There were certain roles that I applied for and it was like you needed an MBA um, and it was that kind of position. And then there were other ones where whether it was me who would have taken the position or someone else, it could have been with an MBA or not. Um, so I think it does really just depend. But um yeah, I think in the hiring process, people knowing that you have an MBA, um, they definitely expect a little bit more out of you for sure. Um, obviously, you have had more education and hopefully training and experiences. So I do think they expect to see that reflected in um, you throughout your responses in the interview process and then obviously how you are as an, an employee. All right. Cool. How about Kyle for you? Because you kind of went through it in a different manner, completely with a break in between. Right. Well, for me, um, I guess the, the difference between undergrad and MBA was night and day uh, in terms of the hiring process. Um, I, too, graduated undergrad um, maybe in a, a different downturn than you, Mike. I'm not 100 percent sure. But um, so you can tell you know, a year. That's OK. I know we're different. 
Okay, yeah. So I graduated undergrad in 2010. Right. Um, and so that was after the point of, you know, the recession of 2008. And at that, although it was kind of, you know, swinging up a little bit for the particular role that I was in. So my background was biomedical engineering. There had been a lot of people laid off with much more experience than me who were wanting to get, you know, a job again. And so companies were able to hire much more experience than what I could deliver for the same price. So it was, it was a little rough. Um, but the MBA, I have to say that program, um, especially at IU, there's a lot of focus on getting prepared for not only your next job, but then just the process of, this is going to sell, sound bad, but like, you know, selling yourself yeah. um, and doing a better job of, of, of being focused in your job hunt. So not just throwing not your just resume out. Job. Right, exactly. And so really doing your research. Um, and, and the other part about I use program that I really liked is they really made you focus on what are your values and what do you want out of a job? Um, you know, a lot of people want the salary, a lot of people want the title, but really trying to take that holistic approach of where you are in life. You know, I'm a little bit older now after having worked. So I, I know now kind of a few other things that I, I value. And so it was really much a more focused process. Um, and luckily for me, this second time around going through interviews, um, it was during kind of a peak of the economy, right? So I if I had graduated this year, it would have been a little bit different. Um, but, you know, so for us in the MBA program, we were definitely segmented into our own group of MBA candidates. You went through a pretty rigorous, it was about a month and a half where a lot of companies came on campus and you, you know, you picked the ones that you wanted to apply to and then they picked the ones that, you know, they wanted to interview type thing. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot different than, than my undergrad. Yeah. So and I'm sure, go ahead, Shane. I was say kind of after the having that time to reflect and pro, everything that you learned out of the program, you know, what were the what were kind of the touchstone moments that led you to this path that you're on now? So for me, uh, you know, flexibility was really key. Uh, I, I knew, you know, I've I've got a family, so I kind of wanted the the flexibility. Um, when I could have it, you know, the options of working from home um, while also traveling um, and, you know, being able to support your family, but at the same time do work that you're, you're interested in. So I, you know, at first I didn't know if consulting was right for me simply because some of the, you know, some of the horror stories that you hear uh, about consulting, um, which can be true depending on where you go. So you also have to do your due diligence on researching, you know, talking to people that work places. Um, so it, you know, for me, I kind of wanted to be able to have a little bit balance and, you know, as SCM honestly was the only one that checked all those boxes. So now looking for advice, having gone through it, I mean, you kind of got into a little bit, but have you had, um, either experiences from colleagues or other, other people that you went to school with that you would give advice, like how, what to do or what not to do, uh, coming out of an MBA program? Like, are there horror stories that you've heard about? I'm really looking for juicy horror stories is really what I'm looking for in this podcast. Has anybody had their offers like rescinded or really, you know, gotten turned upside down from some of these things? Um, I mean, I guess I can 
take that first stab at it. Go so I, yeah. I, I know uh, talking to still some of the people that I'm still in contact with back at IU that, um, you know, some are worried, some some have had offers rescinded. I definitely know the, uh, you know, at IU there's that in between your first and second year, you have to do an internship over that year. Right. Um, I know there's been a lot that have had their offers rescinded. Uh, just even looking on LinkedIn, following our graduate career services, you know, they're reaching out, trying to trying to see if there's any companies that are able to, you know, get experience. I know a lot of people want to make money over over the summer, but in the long run, the experience is really what you know, the main point of that summer internship program. So they're trying to make sure that people still get that piece, which is a huge piece of, of the IU MBA experience. Um, I'm trying to think of my classmates who graduated. I, I know a lot of them have just been dealing with, you know, hiring freezes. Uh, I haven't heard anyone being let go yet. Um, although I did have a friend that was, um, part uh, works at one of the casinos in Vegas and so I know he's always posting stuff online he'll do fine because he's you know really good at what he does um, but obviously Vegas has had a completely shut down with all the COVID yeah the no gambling thing can't help no that really hurts <laughs> but, but that's but interesting he's, too on the internship kind of I've always thought of internships giving you a taste of what you don't want as well as a taste of what you do want and sometimes it's more valuable to have a, a disaster of an internship um, to cross something off that you thought you might love. So it, it's a good experience. I, I think that they make you do that. And um, and Cameron, you, you're graduating now, like imminently into, you know, basically a dumpster fire of an economy, mm -hmm. if you can call it that. So how, what's like the mood in the MBA program? What are you what are the kids talking about? Yeah, I would say, you know, it's been interesting. I feel like I haven't firsthand heard that much talk about it because we have been switched to remote learning. So, you know, I haven't been in the classroom and for the last almost two and a half, three months, I would say. Um, but I do know, I think that one huge benefit of, you know, going to a school in a major city like Loyola is the fact that you likely are working throughout whatever program you're in. So even in undergrad, a ton of students, you know, were working all of junior and senior year. I worked all throughout my senior year. And so you already have sort of like established connections and stuff. And I think that's what makes it a little bit different from going to a school, um, like a big state school maybe or somewhere that's, you know, not around a major city and you're not working like that. Um, so it definitely helps to, you know, build those connections. And thankfully, you know, I feel lucky to, that the majority of the people that I know um, from undergrad and this MBA program have been lucky enough to, you know, get into jobs last year and then throughout this past year. Um, and, you know, they're still in them right now. I do have a couple friends who work in commercial real estate and that's definitely struggling right now, but thankfully they still have their jobs. And I think it is easy to, you know, feel uncertain about a lot of things at times, but the education that we got um, and those connections that we really built throughout all four years and then my fifth year have really helped to, you know, provide some sense of certainty in these really uncertain times. Well, you make a good point too about the network. And again, having not gone through it. I think that network is is really almost as key as anything you learn out of it. Um, it's interesting that you said that that's a, a, um, something that all pushes is to have that network and that job like throughout your undergrad and grad. 
Um, I mean, that's something that I had in my, in my college experience too, was, uh, I worked every summer. I worked in a lot of offices. I worked in a lot of, uh, student organizations of exposure to, to people. And looking back on it, as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's kind of where a lot of these connections came from was the network that you built as opposed to, um, you know, the, cl- the grades that you got, right. I mean, the grades get you in the door, but it's the connections that get you to the job. So let's switch a little bit because I think that's an interesting concept for the future of how people, how would you recommend people approach this is like now what? Now that networking and and physical presence is not allowed, like how, how, what opportunities could you see or what do you, how do you see these programs evolving to accommodate a new normal of basically taking away one of the most important parts of an MBA program, which is that network? And there's no good answer here. This is completely a rhetorical question because it's unknown. I mean, Shane, what do you think? You kind of like big picture philosophical questions with no real ramifications. Well, well, yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is I think a lot of programs are kind of even before the world flipped upside down, we're already kind of pivoting away from um, in-person education and trying to ramp up online, especially for MBAs where that's usually marketed towards people who are already kind of in the middle of their careers or early part of the careers. And talking uh, like the online MBA program. I know there's a yeah. couple of big ones out there. I think Kelly X, the IU program is one of the top rated ones actually. Right. Um, so it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how they try to incorporate the, the benefits of the on-campus education into like, how do you, how do you possibly network at the same type of level digitally that you could in person? And I mean, that's probably the million dollar question, right? Yeah. Million student question. So, I mean, that's an interesting thing. The online is how would, I don't know if any of you guys have experience with it and maybe Cameron in the past couple of months, but how are those networks and how are those connections built in an online environment? Yeah, I definitely think it's more of a challenge, but it is the future. So I think it's something that, you know, we all need to grow accustomed to. Um, Even just taking classes online for the past few months, I was never a person that was eager to do that. I had friends who in the past, if an online class was offered and even though they could go take it in person, they definitely wanted to jump on the online one because they were like so much easier. You don't have to interact as much (laughs) and that that personally (laughs) does not fit my learning style um or personality at all um so it has been a bit of a struggle you know it's obviously hard to read people's um you can't read by people's body language and things like that is it a lot of video it's like work work has transitioned almost entirely to video now but somebody was telling me the other day like it used to be what 15 20 percent of the calls would be video now it's like 90 percent right so yeah ours is pretty much purely um over video like zoom and one thing that you know i really enjoy about learning and education is the conversations that you have. So not just a professor lecturing at you, but what you can gain from talking to other people. And I think that that has definitely been interrupted. And I don't know that professors have quite found a perfect way to overcome that yet. Um, So I think that will definitely 
be key to improving well, um, I know online education programs. When we do our go-to meetings, I can tell how many people are paying attention or and how many people have the screen shrunk. And I'm sure that's <laughs> a huge part of it as well. The, the only reason I have a little bit of experience with this is so I um, my mom is a professor, actually. And so she's been dealing with uh, transitioning some of her classes to online and the the issues that you know that causes and now with everything being transitioned to online it's um it's actually caused a, a bunch of philosophical problems for her she she's a professor of nursing so you know there's and i think i've found the same issue with um some of my online classes because i'm finishing up a, a second master's right now online and what i found is some classes are very well suited for online teaching. So anything that's like very much, I feel, um, math based or kind of like analytic heavy where you can, you know, really rely on, uh, resources that are online already, anything where it's, you know, a lot of plug in plug and chugs, the bad wrong word for it, but you know, kind of more number based. I've where? found that those have, have been easy to transition to. But then in, in the cases like where my mom has to teach, um, where she's having clinical, it's like, you, you can't, you can't do that online or for the MBA program where any of our marketing classes, or I'm trying to think of like, I know Shane, you know, like the strategic class that, you know, that you take in core where the whole point is discussions. I'm like, my only thought is that if for MBA classes, what they could try to do is maybe, you know, if if this norm of social distancing increases where you can't have classrooms packed with 80 kids, then what you might have to do is start taking some of those classes that can be transitioned online and not lose the, you know, the context and the learning and then try to spread out those classes that you really need to be in person so that you only have maybe 20 kids in a class. Because I don't know if you can really still get the same benefit from certain classes if you transition to online. I think it would just be a waste of everybody's time. But that's my personal opinion. Yeah, that's interesting. I was just going to say, it's like most of the memories I have from my MBA program were either like sitting in a tiny room with three or four other people working on an assignment or a project or a presentation. It's like, I hope, I mean, maybe one of the benefits of this is as, as the world becomes more dependent on kind of video presenting and you know even if you go into sales or consulting you still gotta demonstrate a product online or make a sales pitch online so maybe those who are in this situation now in an mba program can kind of hone those skills of how do you how do you do a presentation not in the classroom but how do you do an effective presentation digitally yeah so there's kind of some that's the the upside to this yeah. And the last thing I would say about that is I think that um, like projects and small group assignments are such an integral part of an MBA program, definitely more so than an undergrad. And I think they add a ton of value. So they definitely need to find a way to, you know, incorporate that through digital learning. But I personally think that it's going to be the students that kind of pioneer that change instead of the professors. Um, and then lastly, just, you know, feedback I have heard from the professors in the last few weeks is that transitioning to online learning has been way more work for them than they anticipated. And it's definitely harder than teaching in a classroom. But on the other hand, students see it as, well, I feel like I'm not getting as much out of it now. So I think that's a huge bridge that needs to be gapped mm-hmm. or a huge gap that needs to be bridged. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
No, I think you're right. And I see it. I mean, just giving demos in our business right here, like you're speaking into the void. And I've had to come up with like little tricks to, to deal with it. But it's really unsettling because you're like, anybody out there? Do you, are you used to body language? I mean, what's the percentage? Like 80% of communication is body language. You get none of it. Like, is this resonating? Do you think I'm an idiot? Does this, do you even care? Are you falling asleep? Are you checking your phone? You have no idea. So I'm with you there. So let's go around the table real quick and just say, what would you wish you would have told your graduating self to better prepare you for a job? And then you can even tailor that to a job coming out today. Um, if, if that would be different advice uh, coming out in an economic disaster. So Shane, you can go first. We'll go backwards alphabetically. No, that's a, it's an interesting question. I mean, at the point in my life where I decided to get the MBA, it was a little, you know, was, I think for, for those like putting their career on hold and, and going full time, it can be a little, a little scary to a little leap of faith and the kind of the financial commitment and everything. Um, so, you know, I definitely, as time went on and I got more comfortable and more confident, I, you know, I started to you know, feel that it was going to pay off at the end. So, you know, I guess just at, at the beginning, just to have faith and not worry so much. I mean, there were definitely times where I was really stressed because I didn't know what my future is going to look like and stuff. So, you know, just to to relax and enjoy the moment probably what I, I think is the best way to position yourself to absorb as much of the content you can and work on networking and just, you know, you got to you got to seize the moment while you're in it and not worry too much about what's ahead. Interesting. Kyle. So mine's going to be tailored towards consulting and I guess would be applicable whether it's during COVID or non COVID. So, um, mine would be prepare yourself for, um, the feeling of isolation. And I don't mean that in a in terms of like me feeling isolated at my current job because I don't, but it's more of when you're graduating from your MBA uh, program, at least, you know, from my experience, everything was very, it was a lot of group base, you know, everybody was very much about um, camaraderie and, and teamwork, which it is in the, in the real world as well. However, um, I feel like when you're coming in to consulting, um, probably because of, you know, stereotypes and everything, you're seen as an outsider coming into companies. So you kind of, at least from my perspective, you kind of have to brace yourself and and know that everyone kind of has a little bit of a bias towards consultants based on previous experiences or what they hear. And so you almost have this wall that's in front of you with a client that you need to be prepared that, you know, you might not have the warmest welcome coming in and you kind of have to be aware of that in all your interactions. Like it's way, um, it's always important to make a good first impression, but you really have to be cognizant of that, um, you know, when you're going into an actual um, client type project. And now even more so with COVID, where you can't even have that face-to-face interaction, you have to try to break down that wall without ever really probably even meeting them. Um, so it just becomes even, you know, it, it takes time and it, it does take effort. So that's... I try to tell myself to be aware of that. Yeah, I think the key there is always be selling yourself no matter what you go into. Um, and that's not always a comfortable thing for people to learn. And at least that's how I approach it. All right, Kim. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Selling yourself, I think, is really important. And I can definitely say it's not a comfortable thing for me to do, but it is necessary. Um, But from my point of view, I would say, first, I'll give advice for, I don't know, someone who may be like a year or two behind me, anyone looking to do a five-year program. Like I said, they are definitely becoming more popular and I would absolutely recommend them. I think financially and strategically, it's a great thing to do. And employers are less concerned with, you know, the fact that you have an MBA, but maybe you didn't work before it. I don't think that's as big of an issue as it used to be. Um, And then just some advice for anyone getting an MBA, I would say, Um, like at my program, we were mixed. So it was people like me who came straight off out of undergrad to get an MBA and then people who had been working for anywhere from like three to 10 years and came back to get it. So I think a good piece of advice is to really make sure that you mix with those people. It's easy to, you know, find the people that are similar to you and just like talk to those people and be in projects with them. But I think that mixing up the different kind of people you're talking to is very helpful. Um, Obviously, for people like me who don't have as much professional experience, it's great to get that firsthand from others. And then also from people who do have the professional experience, I think there are things that, you know, students can offer and things that insights that we have that they've been removed from from for a little too long. So it's also great for them to get that point of view. Um, And I think that, you know, it just gives you an upper hand when you're going in to find a job. You know, you've worked with people from a lot of different backgrounds and areas. And one thing that I definitely learned throughout my MBA program was, you know, it's much more of a soft skill, but just recognizing that people come from so many different backgrounds and have different experiences. I think in undergrad, it's easy to say that, you know, everyone pretty much has the same goal, which is to finish school and get a degree. And there's few other competing priorities at that time. But in MBA program, people of work and families and things like that. And that's always going to be the case in the real world. Um, So being able to recognize that fact and even just, you know, reminding yourself to have some level of compassion and understanding in every situation was a really big takeaway for me. Oh, awesome. That's really good. Cool. Any last departing words of wisdom for those graduating besides good luck? And Learn to use the mute button. Ah, very good. Backgrounds are key. Don't buy as many uh, dress suits as you might have purchased before. What else? It's okay to drink at work now. I don't know if you're aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's encouraged in some companies. No, I think it's just everyone's adapting and learning. I think one of my biggest takeaways from people graduating is, Cam, it goes a little bit to what you were saying, was... um, Everybody brings a viewpoint. You brought up through school with age being a defining characteristic of wisdom. But everybody, you might have somebody who's twice your age, but they're only six months in a role. And so don't bring any um, predispositions of, of, of your prior biases into any engagement. You'll find, um, I think, the experience is much more enriching if you drift from your comfort zone and take everybody uh, um, with an open mind because you're all in it together. And it's all um, the more spices you have in the stew, the better it is. I think that works. I don't know. <laughs> but something like that. Anything else, guys, as we sign off for today? This is really good. Uh, thank you for joining and sharing your experiences with us. Yes, yeah, it's awesome. Now Thanks get back for to hiring work. us. Yeah, get back to work, Kyle. <laughs> exactly. You've got a lot to do. You too, <laughs> Thank <can>. you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Thanks again for checking out Chain Reactions, an SCM Connections podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode on transitioning from an undergrad degree into a consulting job. Till then, this is Chris Raftery. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>